0: Hello, hello and welcome to my tennis journey. Now, as you're listening today, it would be amazing if you could hit subscribe or follow if you haven't already. Tennis is a game with a rich, rich history. But today I'm super excited to talk about the future of tennis and whether the future of tennis will be digital. Just about everything's digital nowadays. Our meetings, our communications, our bank accounts, our shopping, our gaming, our quizzes, our dating, our everything. We've all got a smart speaker, so why shouldn't we have a smart tennis court? Alexa, you cannot be serious. Was that ball really out? Joining me today is a man who is passionate about tennis and tech, and he's co-founder and CEO of a company that is making waves in the world of smart tennis courts. Please welcome to the show, Mike Burlidge of Wingfield.
1: Thanks, Rob. Uh, it's, a ple- it's a pleasure to meet you, a pleasure to be here and uh, thanks for the invitation. Come on, where are you today? Whereabouts are you based? Um, I'm based in Hanover, which is in, right in the middle of Germany, actually, yeah. So, so uh, no mountains, uh, flat land, and yeah, uh, a lot of fields over here, potato fields mostly.
0: From the middle of Germany to the middle of England, because I'm like smack bang in the middle of England. So today we're all about the future, but to start with, we've got to go back to the past and the start of your tennis journey. When do you first remember having a racket in your hand?
1: Well, that's a good question. I think it must be around the age of five, six, something like this. So, so as soon as I can remember, I actually had a tennis racket close by, either in my hand or lying around somewhere. So, so yeah, back basically since then, I'm I'm on the court frequently. And is that were you from a tennis family, or how 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 did it start? Was it at school or? Uh, no, my parents uh, are playing regularly, so they took me on a, to, uh, to the tennis court. They introduced me. So I just started with playing once a week. Uh, they noticed that, you know, I really enjoy myself on the court. So, so I continued to play soccer at the same time, but tennis became, uh, you know, a big passion. So, so more frequently as I grew up, but, but mainly I was introduced uh, by them to any kind of uh, racket and ball sports.
0: Brilliant. The more the better, eh? And, and you must have had a, a good junior career because you, you went on to, to play on, on tour. Yeah, I played uh, uh,
1: professionally for about uh, two and a half years after uh, I graduated uh, from, from school in Germany. And basically my whole junior career was, um, you know, dedicated to becoming a professional player. I uh, Early in my uh, life at the age of 14, I went to boarding school uh, here in Hanover um, to be able to play more regularly, like every day. Uh, practice before school even and then after school again so so you know very early on this path was sort of where I wanted to go and uh, after being um, on the boarding school for like uh, four years and graduating from school I then went uh, to play professionally Um, and uh, yeah I think in my junior career the um, my biggest achievement was, uh, you know, runner-up at the German Championships at uh, wow. at my age group, which was under eighteen back then. And and afterwards, uh, on the professional uh, career, I managed to to reach a certain level. Had a few ATP points, uh, but never made it to let's say the, the top 100. Not not even close. But but at least you know I I managed to play on a on a you know respective level uh, at amazing. that time at least. Yeah,
0: to, to, <laughs> you know, come runner up in your national championships at under 18 is it, quite an achievement, and then to go on tour in itself is an achievement. How did how did you find life you know on tour?
1: It was amazing. It teach me a lot about uh, myself, uh, about the sport, about the, you know, challenges of being a tennis professional, uh, struggling to, you know, pay for everything by yourself, uh, traveling a lot, meeting new people, new cultures uh, every week, basically, and also face having to face uh, daily, daily um, uh, wins, but also failures, uh, you know, uh, the emotional struggle that you have to deal with—it's at the same time really painful, but also very re- rewarding. Uh, so it's it's it, it has been a great part of my life that I do not want to miss. Um, it's so interesting,
0: Mike. It, it's so much more than than just the, the the match on court, isn't it? It's everything that you've learned along that way. And yes, there's not a lot of uh, money flying around, uh, prize money wise, at the lower levels of the tour, but you're learning how to get by, how to be resilient, how to be persistent. And I'm guessing, you know, you made that move from from t- tennis to tech. All those skills will serve you well.
1: Yeah, it's it helped a lot. I mean, um, you know, building your own company, um, especially when you had no uh, real uh, experience before, you know, working in, let's say, any tech sector for any uh, tech company, it really helped that I was actually... I I would say an entrepreneur even before that because as a tennis professional much uh, uh, different to being like a soccer professional for instance. Uh, you're not an employee you're working uh, you know you're trying to get your own price money you pay for your own bills and you're trying to build up the company which is which is you right you have to make uh, profits you have to climb the ladder you have to become successful and and I think that way of thinking about yourself and and you know putting the work in being responsible for everything yourself uh, really helped me to you know uh, transition to a new role which is, sort of the same thing, but I just think of it as, as another sport, which is more focused on spending time on the desk and the laptop, but also meeting uh, people, not playing on the court, but working in a different way. It's um, fascinating. I love
0: that. It, I love that, that sort of way of looking at it as a, the entrepreneurial way of actually just getting out on tour and making it work, it, it, you know, it's fascinating. So how, how did you make that move from, from being on tour into now, co-founder, CEO of Wingfield, um company looking to make Tennis Smart. How did you make that move? So um, w- when I was still uh,
1: playing on the tour, um, I you know realized that there's uh, quite a lot of uh, technological innovation, in ha- uh, innovation happening on the big courts, right? With uh, HawkEye, uh, IBM Slam Tracker, SAP Tennis and Analytics on the big courts of the world. Uh, I would, I was always fascinated by what this could do in terms of, you know, for coaching, uh, player engagement, and so on. But when I stopped playing, uh, I sort of changed my role from professional to an amateur, and this is where I, you know, picked up some some free work at a local. Uh, that local club, I became a volunteer, but also then a chairman of a local tennis club of just, you know, a hundred players. Basically, I had to coach a lot of uh, amateur children, a few good players, but but really amateur focus back then. And this is where I realized that all of this innovation that is happening on the big courts and the big tournaments in the world is really not at all applicable to the amateur side. And I was looking about, you know, for different technologies, different solutions. And I realized, There's nothing out there. So the consequence was, you know, uh, sort of, I have to build it uh, by myself or we have to build it. The whole team has to build it uh, uh, by itself because I just, you know, I was the tennis player and with my co-founder, who's also a very good player, he he was actually ATP 400. Um, uh, Together, we were looking for bright engineers who could actually build this. Because the only thing I knew back then was tennis, right? So, so this was really then getting a good team together and sort of fix the problem
0: that I had
1: personally with my club.
0: You clearly identified that that was a problem, that there wasn't the tech that the, the professionals are getting on the tennis court and you set about making it happen now and, and coming up with a solution. So if you were to explain to someone who had never heard of it, heard what Wingfield is, how would you explain what the system is?
1: Um, so the way how I would explain it is it, it works like a smart net post that transforms the tennis court into a connected digital court sort of. So the way how it works is as soon as you replace one of your net posts with our system, the Wingfield box, we call it, it does track all of the data uh, that is happening on the court. So uh, the same variety of data from uh, impact points, a three-dimensional bullet trajectories, uh, speeds, but also an automatic scoring, which is being done by an artificial intelligence uh, that we developed. So overall, it does track everything on the court so that we at the second step can use this data to create uh, almost uh, online-like user experiences around the game of tennis with you know, engaging uh, games on the court with match play, performance statistics, uh, and so on. So it's really a piece of uh, technology that helps to make this data available for every court and not only the, the big courts of the world.
0: And I've been excited about this so I've been researching it and basically yeah so it's like a smart box that goes kind of integrates in with the net post and that's got two high speed cameras in it which you activate when starting a session and the players who are on the court or the coach and the player or or whoever um, will have an app on their phone which uh, will communicate with the smart net post so to speak and you get sort of all sorts of data. So, say you know my friend Johnny and I turn up at our club and and we're playing a match against each other. What can the Wingfield system do for us? You know, during and after that match.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, you already described it. I mean, it's uh, the way how you would approach uh, the system right away. Once you have downloaded the app and you would uh, check in at the net post, so at the Wingfield box. You just hold a QR code in front of the camera, and the system instantly knows that it's you. And from that moment on, you could you know, just pick uh, one out of three session types. And if you and your friend would go for a match session, then it would right away just record a typical match scenario. You would just go on, play your match after you checked in, you put your phone away, and you just do your thing on the court. You play your match, and, and, and everything is the way how it should be right after the session is ended you actually end the session and all of the statistics that are happening on the court are being transferred to the cloud uh, instantly so that you have access to every piece of information which is on the one hand uh, you know the statistics from uh, first serve percentage to let's say number of errors forehand and backhand but also a very detailed placement analysis so you can literally have a look at you know uh, how many percentage points of my serve were Uh, out wide, through the middle, through the tee, for instance, or how many times, you know, uh, did I try to hit my backhand down the line? How many uh, times did I approach the net today, for instance? Uh, This is the stats part. But what is really more important and uh, more interesting to most of our players is that you can also see yourself play. Um, The number one question of everybody who played a match on the court is, uh, can I see myself play? And how fast was my first surf? And those are the questions that are uh, interesting from an engagement point of view. And then the second level is really uh, uh, the statistics. Um, so, so, yeah.
0: You know, the statistics, I've got to say, uh, Mike, so I love the statistics that are shown on screen. And I guess Wimbledon here is the biggest tennis tournament. And I've had friends and relatives, actually, who have worked on the IBM desk doing the statistics for, for Wimbledon. And this is what excites me when my friend Johnny or whoever I play with go and play a match at the end of it, I'm going to get with those sorts of Wimbledon like stats on my phone so that I can see how I've gone on that. You know, this is, this is amazing.
1: Yeah. And that was always the goal. And you know, when we first started off and built this technology, we said, okay, we have to have the same sort of uh, stats, the same variety. And then once we achieved that, it was the question, okay, but now we have to think a bit like amateurs, right? So so what does an average amateur player or even like a, um, a young professional, n- not someone who's top 10, who has like five different people on the coaching staff to go through the data. So what we said is we have to make it really simple, easy, focus on a few stats that are interesting after the game and really connect it to the video that you get from yourself playing, so that you just look at, let's say, the, the best net approaches, the highlights, the best, uh, uh, you know, the highlights of a tennis match. So you don't have to scroll through an hour of video, but you can just simply uh, jump between the best rallies, the Trina that you hit, for instance, or the Aces that you want to see. So, so it's right. really
0: about using like our, it to engage, yeah. So our our, our club, uh, Mike, is called Church Boughton. So. Rather than today at Wimbledon, which we'll have uh, during Wimbledon fortnight, we'll have today at Church Broughton, featuring Rob Salmon, and, and and this is uh, made possible because there's always also a, a camera mounted at the back of the court. That's right, so that helps with the video highlights. So it's not just the statistics; you can actually see um, see your best shots or your worst ones.
1: Exactly um, the the box that I uh, you know mentioned earlier. Um, the system, basically, the Wingfield box that is uh, directly at the net post, uh, this is the system that does all the tracking. But with every single system that we send out, there's like an initial uh, camera integrated that you can put wherever you want on the court. We always say better; it's best to put it behind the baseline because this is you know, the spot where people used to see the big matches and TV broadcasting, so on but it doesn't matter if the uh, you know, fence is high, low, you have to mount it to the right a little bit to the left because you know, courts look different, right? This is why we chose for the tracking part, we chose the only standardized object, which is the net post, but the camera in the back it does not need to be calibrated. It just delivers video image. And the cool thing about that is we can connect data from the box and the camera in the back to sort of create a, a more engaging
0: video player
1: experience.
0: Brilliant. So I, get, I totally get it from a player point of view now. How about from a, a coaching point of view? Um, you know, as a tennis coach, w- what will the wingfield system do for me? Um,
1: yeah, I was actually, I had to, again, the same problem when I was uh, starting to, you know, being a coach for amateurs, but also professional players at some point. And, and I think uh, the best answer, of course, you get the statistics, you get video analysis, which you can use for technical training. But I think uh, the best way to describe how data can be used to to help in a coaching process is by uh, developing sort of standardized drill scenarios, because if you. Uh, just look at running, swimming, or lifting weights, right? You do have these apps that help you to, to look at every single step of improvement, even the small step, which helps you to keep greatly motivated during the process of becoming a better player, especially for amateurs. But in tennis, it's a bit more difficult. It's a very technical sport. It's hard to, to see this. It's a lot of frustration if you lose a match, and it be, it becomes very emotional fast, right? So yeah. what we did is we, we used the data to create sort of standardized and very close scenarios where you just get one scoring number for, let's say, 10 shots on one target, 10 10 shots in a partner drill or in another scenario. And with this one drill score, which is being calculated, let's say, by uh, by the speed and the accuracy of all of your shots, um, and you do this, let's say, repeatedly every single week, every two weeks, and look at it, you can actually have a more uh, driven conversation and more, more focused conversation with your player and really also show the small steps of improvement. And this is where I think you know uh, improvements become more visible, more trackable, and it becomes more motivating to keep doing what you're doing in practice. And also for coaches then to see if what they're doing, Really has an impl- influence, right? So we always say the system really helps you to, uh, you know. Our slogan is, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, measure, don't guess, right? I, no, so, so exactly, exactly, yeah.
0: As an example, so measure, don't guess. So our son, um, we've been working a bit on his maths um, with him, and he uh, he came home from school, you know, uh, a couple of months ago, and said, I've got this in a test. And then we've been working on it. And yesterday he came home and he said, I got this in the test, you know, and it, it improved his score. And he, we were all excited about it. We were buzzing about it. Yeah. Um. So, and in the same way, what the Wingfield system does is that if my son Stanley is working on his forehand or if he's working on a particular drill or if he's working on his backhand or if he's working on his serve, he would have got a score six weeks ago and he would see that progress that he's making. So, in a way, it almost gamifies it, and it also gives him that that signal that he's making progress or otherwise.
1: Exactly, exactly, and this is the goal behind it because you know this helps not only for coaches to communicate in a better way and you know to look at problems, look at solutions, and then have it black and white if something worked or not, but also for the players to see. Even after, you know, a tough week, a tough match, you you know how it is when you go off the court and you, you lost the match, then you think everything is bad. Nothing was worth it to put the practice in. But, you know, once the emotions go away a little bit, you can look at the numbers again, then it's really black and white. Well, it, it, did become, you know, it, 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 it became a lot better, you improved a lot over the time. And you can actually see that in small steps and not only in big steps, when you look at a video footage from, let's say, two years ago and today, but you even see the steps in between. And I think this is where, where this could help a lot. And it already showed uh, in other sports that this could, you know, using data in a very, very easy, understandable and trackable way, also works in other sports in cycling with Peloton in running or, you know, also cycling, obviously in with Strava, for instance, right. To see small improvements for yourself, but also compare small steps with other players and uh, you know, sportsmen around the world. And, and I think for tennis, this is what we wanted to achieve with this sort of, uh, yeah, uh, coaching part of of the, of the tracking and the numbers.
0: It's, it's data-driven insight, isn't it? Is there like the, the sort of jargon phrase? and But I love it. So I was chatting to a coach the other day called Katie Wilson, who's from around these parts. And Katie, she's a really good tennis player. And she was telling me how she had somebody analyze her matches and she always felt her forehand was stronger than her backhand. But when the analysis was actually done, and this was just a coach analyzing it, she found out actually that her, her backhand was stronger, was more dependable, was hitting more winners, was making less mistakes. And it's like, but and and she had to have a coach to do this. And this is what the system brings for coaches, for players.
1: Exactly. You can not only identify, you know, the problems using actual numbers and have a look at the, the bigger picture with these numbers, but you can also communicate it in a better way, right? A coach could on the one hand say, well, we do see problems with your backhand or we see like a, a huge advantage with using your back end more, right? But uh, it's always the, the players have to to trust. And with a good coach, there is a lot of trust, but, uh, and it should be that way because coaches do have a good, good gut feeling. They have the experience, but using the data to really show the numbers, this sort of adds an extra amount of, uh, uh, you know, certainty to the conversation, to let's say the improvement, but also to, to the trust that a player and a coach have to the current uh, statement that they are making. And uh, it's exactly what you said. In this scenario, this this could help uh, um, uh, in, a, in a
0: big way, actually. And if you could put a message out to, to every club in the world, why would you say they should use the Wingfield system?
1: Um, I would say that um, tennis clubs in, in general, they, in my opinion, have the gift to, to s- sort of sell and provide uh, a sport, this is one of the greatest product, at least to me, and, and we see it through the history, which is tennis, right? Tennis is already an amazing product to market, to you know, get players to interact with, right? Um, the only problem or the good thing with you know time progressing compared to when people first started to play tennis is that all user experiences, processes changed and people are used to have very, very slick online driven user experiences with uh, access to data, easy booking measures and so on. Like everything is really focused uh, um, to be easy. And and I would say to uh, install a device that can transform your offline court into the online world does not n- mean you have to change the way how tennis is played, but you have to you know look at the way how the, f- uh, the way tennis can be consumed uh, um, uh, can become completely different with more online-focused uh, experiences for a pure online game, which it's going to stay that way, right?
0: Yeah. Now, you must have been buzzing, Mike, that Wingfield was used at the final of the road to Wimbledon, which is the national under-14 tournament that has its finals at the All England Club. How did that come about? And, and, and what feedback did you get about the system?
1: Uh, yeah, th- that was a funny story. I mean, uh, back then... Um, uh, one of our early advisors um, is a, was a good friend of, you know, Tim Tim Hanman. And when he told him about the technology, that was really early on in the development, uh, uh, probably early 2019, I think. Uh, he told him about it, and they went on a plane together to visit us in Hanover, actually back then. And uh, they, you know, had a look at the system, played on our court, and and uh, you know, they really liked what they saw. So. Um, They invited us to showcase the system at the All England Club to implement it for, you know, a few months. And then they played the internal club championships on on one of our courts, actually. And and since they liked it very much, they wanted to showcase uh, the system during the road to Wimbledon and test it out there uh, in this, you know, finals week. And um, this is how it sort of came along. And during the week, we equipped four courts with uh, one of our systems And uh, we actually put up a big screen in the players area where we instantly uploaded the video highlights from the matches uh, so that the children after they shook hands, they always were running upstairs to look at the highlights that they played. I mean, it's sort of not what, what, the first impression of data-driven coaching is all about, but it was really engaging because they they were seeing themselves play and they're looking at uh, at the highlights right away. And just after they they did that, they went to their coach and they had a look at the app and the statistics more in detail. And it was really interesting, not only for the parents, uh, players, but also for the coaches to see how in a sort of tournament environment data can add value to to a tournament that is not being played any different than it was the year before. But it would just add, add an extra dimension in terms of how you would consume the match afterwards.
0: This is what I love about it, though. You know, as, as a tennis player, as a, as a footballer, you know, I am amateur, very much an amateur. And I look at it and I think, What this does is it brings that professional experience. I want to know what my stats are. I want to see that big serve. I want to see that big forehand. I want to see that smash and miss. Ah! You know, this is what it does. Exactly,
1: exactly. And the kids were the same way. Um, uh, They, you know, usually they pick up technology way faster than I do. (laughs) You know, they uh, usually we do onboarding sessions with all of our clubs, with all of the coaches, but With children, for some reason, they are so into, uh, you know, they're so used to uh, using apps, uh, phones on a daily basis. They just picked it up, they checked in, and whenever we asked them about what is most interesting to them, it was amazing to see that some of the kids are really interested in the performance data. Some love to, to share on their own channels, like uh, the Instagram channels or their Snapchat channels. They love to share uh, the highlight, one specific shot, like a tweener or like an ace, a big A, something like this. And most of them had way more followers already than our company. So it was really interesting to, to see, you know, how the different sort of, playing types, age groups, really like to, to interact with data. Um, that was that was uh, amazing feedback and a very cool week for us.
0: This is what I love about it, is that it, it just brings the amateur experience up to the professional experience with stats, with instant replays. Now, the, the, another interesting point for me with the system is that the systems that have got lots of cameras, um, uh, you need to install, you know, the, the, the cameras can be expensive. Have you managed to bring this professional-like experience in an affordable way? Um,
1: that was the, the number one goal because, you know, when we started, as I said, uh, I tried to, or we tried to build something that is affordable to our club, right? So, so we always looked at, uh, when it comes to, to the cost of it, we looked at could we afford it with the same club, Right. So um, overall, we managed to sort of create a a business model where you don't have to pay a high free upfront for the hardware or the maintenance or anything, but rather build a subscription uh, where you get uh, the hardware insurance, uh, but also maintenance, software updates, everything included for, uh, in our cheapest subscription for starting at uh, 95 pounds a month, actually. So that after all, with this, this investment, you can start uh, to use it right away. You don't have to spend like you know, 10,000, uh, 5,000 upfront. You just go at it in, in, a, in a subscription way. And we do have uh, in our subscription periods right now, um, it, it, it starts at uh, 36 months but then you can start with an installation uh, with very, very limited cost up front.
0: And, it, and, you know, if you think that a club's got 100 members, uh, it's a, an investment of a pound a, a month into your, your members and and what a service it's giving them. Now, um, Amazon Echo has Alexa as the personification of its uh, artificial intelligence, its, it's, it's AI. Um, everyone calls the device Alexa. Wingfield has got Walter as its AI. I name why? Why is why have you gone with Walter? And what can we expect from Walter in the future? Uh, yeah, so um, we are actually a German company that
1: had the audacity to uh, use a, a company name like a, like a sort of hall of famer, a tennis legend from the UK, which is uh, Major Walter Clopton Wingfield, right? So uh, a tennis legend who uh, you know a long time ago, actually, is is meant to be the inventor of modern lawn tennis. He's the guy who developed the first mobile tennis court that you could put on a lawn, uh, you know, anywhere and just start to play and therefore brought it from, you know, being played in the castles or, you know, for the very wealthy sort of population to the amateur world, uh, step by step. And when we heard about the story, we were so inspired because uh, this is, almost the same thing that we try to do with the digital tennis court right we want to bring it from the sort of not the castles but the stadiums of the world to the to the uh, amateur courts to 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 the bases where tennis is actually being played and and this is why we we called the company wingfield this is why our ai uh, you know is named walter and uh, you know, since we focus everything on on software rather than big hardware install uh, installments, and we created this artificial intelligence, um, everything is meant to to drive you know more value using data in the future. We track a lot of data, but now it's Walter's task, so to say, to extract the the you know uh, the the massive numbers, the massive amount of data, to then allow us to build features that are same like the drill score that are limited on very easy, understandable user experiences uh, that can be applied on a day-to-day basis. And therefore, this is sort of what, what you can expect um, for Walter in the future. Some. Uh, example of that is actually that you know Walter can be a referee uh, um, uh, on the court at some point, right? Help you to really look at sequences, help you to uh, really look at decisions that you make, and really become sort of uh, a judge outside of a competition structure, and therefore be an official uh, um, tournament organizer, something like this, right? Where you can actually use him to
0: to be like an AI referee, so to say. Just to give one small example. Exciting. Um, and I know that the point is, Walter's point is not to be making line calls. Um, is that something that was a conscious decision not to do?
1: Um, yes, it definitely was. We tried it and, and Walter sort of, uh, you know, uh, is, is in, in a lot of ways capable to do that. Um, and there will be a feature that, that probably at some point in the future where we are going to launch a similar feature that helps to make line calls, definitely. The only thing that we noticed right away in the beginning is you know, having less hardware on the court than Hawkeye, for instance, uh, we're definitely not as accurate. And we use you know, other uh, backwards-facing algorithms that are more looking at the broader tennis match. Um, uh, but we, we are actually capable of helping to improve the line call problems for amateurs a lot. And we are actually able to do that today. The only problems why we didn't do it with one of the first features is that, you know, having played a lot of matches yourself, you, you, you might know that uh, at one all in the first set, everybody says, thanks, the technology is there. We have a line call, everything is good. We don't have to argue right now. But when, when it came to five all in the third set, people tend to not be so rational anymore about these kind of decisions. <laughs> and it's much more an emotional topic. So it doesn't matter how accurate it is and whether it provides value or not, it becomes the, you know, the stupid system then that's always wrong a little bit like this but it's totally understandable i would probably uh, behave the same way but but we we're, we're sort of not saying we we never do it but we're just waiting to build the right tool that really helps but but not has you know the problem of uh of you know um having to face with this sort of emotional rather rational uh, uh reactions if, if that makes sense
0: it does make sense and so we'll look yeah. forward to seeing these features as they come uh, somewhere down the line and an interesting one that i was thinking about have you had anyone say to you look we just don't need this i like tennis the way it is i play this, play tennis to get away from digital technologies uh yeah
1: definitely um i think this is part of an innovation and disruption progress right um it's, there is a certain way how things were used to be done and there's all of the sudden a new way, right? Um, so, so we do get this from time to time with uh, you know, some, some club officials, uh, members playing on the court. Um, I, I think, uh, although I think we, we do have less problems than other technologies because the way how we always looked at it is, we do not want to replace the way how tennis is being played at all. It's a hybrid solution. It's not like we want to transform tennis into the online world. We want to just extend the experience in the online world. And we're really focused on limited interaction with technology on the court because if you're on the court it's all about the sport it's all about tennis and it shouldn't be about working with a technology setup with you know pushing buttons interacting quite a lot it should be uh, around your game and just before the game and after the game it's about extending the sort of user experiences and i think uh, you know although there's obviously pushback from from some individuals i think because we're very you know, we, we respect the way tennis is being played a lot and we think it's already great as it is. Um, and we do not want to change a lot on the court. I think this really helps to sort of, uh, um, you know, um, don't have a lot of pushback on, on this topic.
0: Uh, it's, uh, I think, it, you know, there's going to be a lot of people excited about this. There'll be some people who aren't, hey, and that's okay. Um, I mean, on that note of excitement, there's going to, I know the system's going into uh, quite a number of clubs now, Across Britain is the British market one that you're excited about?
1: Definitely. Um, I mean, for us, uh, it, it is you know the second uh, market where we're really uh, entering right now, and so it was always uh, Germany focused. We're from Germany. We have good connections here. We, it's sort of our launch market, so to say. Uh, but especially with you know the early connection to the All England Club to, uh, you know, with, with the tournament that we did with the Road to Wimbledon, but also with the with the brand history of, of Wingfield and and obviously also the history of tennis in the UK, it was uh, sure to us that this has to be the next step for us to also become not only, you know, a regional company, but also a more internationally focused company. And I think the UK is the best and, and, and most interesting and important market for us to do to, to the next step.
0: Well, I can't wait. To uh, to see it in action myself, you know, once we're out of lockdown, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, genuinely can't wait. Um, now I'm just wondering, are you a, a Back to the Future fan, Mike? <laughs> uh,
1: it's you know, it's it's one of the first movies I can remember, uh, so so I'm a big fan, and I'm even more a big fan of. Uh, the fact that uh, some of the innovations happening in the movie are quite real today, obviously not time travel, but a hoverboard, for instance, yeah. uh, is already, you know, a real thing. And this is sort of uh, for every inventor's or entrepreneur's dream. It's, it's a statement to, you know, what you have in your head someday could become reality in the future. So um, in, in that sense, I really like uh, what the, the movie is all about.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. I love it from an innovation point of view and it's one, it one, one of the first, my favourite movie and I remember from a kid, but there was a line in it and I think it's so good for being an entrepreneur and it's Marty's girlfriend says it to him, which is, Jennifer says, you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything and that's always, I think, I think that's had as big an impact on me as anything actually in terms of, you know, Come on, we can accomplish, we can make it happen. Now, Mike, if you were to jump into a DeLorean and go forward to the year 2030, what does the tennis court of the future look like? You know, I think it hopefully looks exactly
1: the same way as it does today with the minor improvements. And it does not have to be very obvious, but with the minor improvement, that it has every single data point available so, so that you, before the match and after the match, could have the same experience that e-gamers playing Fortnite before and after the match could have for a tennis session. But in other ways, I do not would have wanted to change it quite a lot when I look at a tennis court, how it
0: looks like, because I love it too much. And that's what I think. I think that's what I love about Wimbledon, actually. And I've only just just thought about this, but they combine the history, you know, the heritage and the history in such a beautiful way with the future and the way that they have put the roof on, which is an absolute technological masterpiece. You know, so uh, it is it's combining, isn't it? It's making sure our game remains what it is, but improving it with digital technologies. I I definitely agree,
1: And, and this has been really expiring for us to work, you know, with such an you know, innovation driver and, and tennis, obviously, mecca, probably to, to work together with uh, uh, the All England Club and Wimbledon, definitely uh, on, on such a small project. But you know, to see how they approach uh, being you know, the sort of uh, gatekeeper for the history, but also driving innovation at the same time, it's, it's really what we need in the sport to, to be able to survive for another uh, 100 and, and
0: 200 years. Got to keep moving. Um, how about the tennis player of the future? I know Elon Musk is looking at putting microchips in pigs, which he compared to having a Fitbit in your head. Does the tennis player of the future have a microchip in their head, a, a Fitbit in their head?
1: Well, this is probably, this question it's a bit above my pay grades because Elon tends to think even more technological than, uh, than I do, I believe. But... Uh, i always say you know whatever could be possible probably is possible if it needs to be a product it's another question but uh, i hope that uh, for the next 30 50 100 years we always look at the way how tennis is being played and and just question it right uh, keep in mind that it worked and that it's a great sport but but question what we're doing constantly and if that drives innovation in one of the other way i don't know about a chip in the hat but Maybe a chip on other parts of the body, I don't know, but I, I think to, to be open is, is the key for innovation. Indeed,
0: indeed. Working in tech, um, you must have a favorite tech device, have you, is there anything that you're really excited about at the moment?
1: Well, that's a good, that's actually a good question. I think um, what kept me um, uh, engaged with sport at the moment was I, what I use the most. Actually, I mean, I'm a geek for sports tech, obviously, but not only in tennis and other sports as well. I try to see what other sports do. What I actually do a lot right now, especially in you know while staying at home with the pandemic. Um, I, I try to run more and, uh, you know, apps like Runtastic, for instance, uh, help me to really create a competitive advent, uh, edge in, in sort of, you know, uh, keep on running and comparing myself to, to the rest of my team at Wingfield and others and, and using data, not a lot of data to become a professional runner. I, I'm really terrible at that, but to really compare myself uh, to others, to wherever technology is being used to drive a very simple, but very, very cool feature that changes my life a little bit. Uh, this is w- what I love most, and and I use probably my phone and and the app for that in, in a daily basis.
0: But it, it, it kind of, it makes it fun, it makes it competitive, it makes storylines for your friends, and that's kind of what Wingfield's doing as well, huh? We,
1: we try, we give our best to make it as, you know, barrierless as possible, and make uh, a tennis uh, as fun as these user experiences, right? Although they're, uh, it's not as easy to, as with running to just go out, start to run, and then you're already in the competition. But I think technology can help us to, to almost make it as simple as that. And, um, and this is what I love about other technologies. And I would love to help federations, players, coaches, and clubs to achieve that with, with what we try to provide.
0: Brilliant. Last couple of questions. It's been fascinating to chat. Last couple that we ask everyone: If you were put in charge of world tennis for one day, and you've got an initiative that you can launch that is going to just achieve what you want to achieve, what initiative do you bring to the the world of tennis?
1: So uh, this is this is uh, you know very 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 difficult uh, uh, question, but but probably. What I would, uh, as an initiative, what, what I would try to do is to work more closely together um, because I think federations and uh, even a world federation plays a huge role in driving engagement in tennis and being more engaged to the grassroots where tennis is being played uh, is you know any initiative that can drive the communication channels and sort of digitization of communication between the bottom uh uh, line of where tennis the grassroots where amateurs actually play and the top of the sports the you know bright tournaments the the you know the stars the the big federations whatever helps to drive the communication and to drive you know working closely together with less effort more digitization i think um this is something this is not very you know uh, uh, not something that, like, like is a very detailed example right now, but but anything that goes into this direction, uh, um, I would love to to see that happening, and I would would definitely be a big supporter of that.
0: The power of collaboration,
1: exactly, and digitization at the same time.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it enables it, doesn't it? The, the- exactly enables that that collaboration there's a um there's a facebook group here the tennis coaches support network and it's just been brilliant to get together as tennis coaches and throw ideas around during this lockdown time it's been i found it so helpful um final question you can go for a drink with anyone alive or dead i know just going for a drink in these lockdown times eh? but you can go for a drink with anyone who would it be and why i don't want to sound
1: cheesy now but i'm a hundred percent sure it would be walter wingfield um it would be him a hundred percent because i would love to to ask about his innovation process on the one hand and i would ask about what he thinks of us doing with his name and his legacy and with you know the sort of what wingfield what his name stands for i would love to chat Um, about this topic with him, Uh,
0: 100%. (laughs) You know, I think what's really interesting, like, you know, I'm a massive Fred Perry fan. You know, I'm really into the history of our game. I do not know as much about Walter Wingfield as I should, you know, and I've kind of got to know a little bit through uh, researching your company. Um, But I think that Walter's going to be happy because uh, hopefully as as your product develops, your profile develops, you're going to make sure that Walter has a, has a place not just in the history of our game but in the future of our game
1: hopefully and I and I hope he would be uh, happy about it and uh, you know still have the feeling that 200 150 years later uh, his legacy goes on in in some way or the other you know um, and and he would be happy about what's wh- what's happening
0: <laughs> oh my, well I'll drink to that as well um Mike uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time it, it's I've loved chatting. It's absolutely flown by. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to get out and try the system. I'll make sure I put all the links in the, um, uh, in the description, so that if anyone's interested in finding out about Wingfield, that they'll be able to do so. But thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you as well. It was a r- real pleasure. As you, tam- as you said, time flew by and, and it was amazing to to talk to you and get to know you. Thanks for that.